Hey kids, this is Yoshi, and this episode of podcast is brought to you by Punk Apparel. Go to punk.co, that's punc.co, and enter promo code Yoshi, Y O S H I, in all caps, at the checkout for 15% off all items. Punk Apparel accepts all major currencies and offer free worldwide shipping. Go to punk.co, that's punc.co, and enter promo code Yoshi. You're listening to. Yoshi Obayashi. All right, kids, this is Yoshi. I'm here with uh, Mike Muratori, a very famous comedian and a close friend of mine. I haven't seen you, Mike, how long? Like, it's been a couple years? It's got to be at least uh, two or three years. You got some shit right on your lip right there. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I eat like a retard, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm, at, I'm in North Hollywood, and I'm house-sitting for Rosie Tran's play, so sh- um, I'm recording this. And thanks, Mike. I'm, I'm sorry. I guess I've been trying to... Interview for like a month and a half, two months. Yeah, we've been we've been missing each other. Yeah, and uh, here you are. Thanks for showing up, driving to me, and and uh, we're supposed to meet up at three, and <laughs> here we are at six p.m. So thanks. Yeah, it's all good today. I didn't really have much to do because of the holidays. So yeah, we are basically day and a half away from twenty fifteen. So it's crazy, right? Yeah, it went fast. It's it's funny when we were talking a few minutes ago. You want to know how long I've been away from porn, like. This coming February second and third, it will be three years. And isn't it weird when you get when you get to our age, like when you're fifteen, three four years sounds a long time. But when you're in like mid to late forties, three four years doesn't seem just like no. Well, you know, my thing is I can't believe I lived this long. Yeah, everybody I know is dead. Cause okay, so um, I've outlived everybody. You um, I mean you 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 have a very aggressive form of comedy, which I love. And whenever I tell my some of my odd, weird, funny, weird stories, you like them. But um, my favorite joke of all time that you do, okay, is the porn director joke with the little kids. You're the only person I've ever seen oh, in my yeah, life so, mm-hmm. that can do a kitty porn joke that is hilarious. Yeah, I, I think I don't. I don't even remember exactly how the joke goes. But I, I think I hear that a lot too. Like I can't believe. You got away with saying that, but I mean, but I, you're I, great at it. That's what makes it funny. Is the that you that it's just a really great joke. Mm-hmm. It's, it has nothing to do with it being a kiddie porn joke. It's that it's funny. Funny is funny. The thing now, the problem that I have with now, is a lot of comics you see are basically unwatchable and they're making money, which is just really aggravating. Yes, I I, I think um, you need to have have a different skill set, right? Like obviously go up and tell funny jokes, but two. This is a, something that I don't have or I, I haven't worked on it, but it's basically selling yourself and know how to um, get yourself in a position where you could monetize your skills, right? And, yeah, I mean, it's different from when we started because when we started, there was kind of like a pecking order, you know? You emceed, you opened, you featured, and then you headlined. Yeah. Now, there's none of that. It's if you have four million followers, you can headline and be theoretically unwatchable and actually have no skills whatsoever. 
Some okay, people but, uh, give you one mm-hmm. shot. They'll give you like the people you've opened for are real comics, like David Attell. I'm a big fan of Greg Fitzsimmons, Jim Florentine. All those guys are great. Jim Norton. They're yeah. all real comics, but they also started in a different time period. Sure. You know, it was a completely different world when they started. Bill Burr, you know, it was like 25, 30 years ago. Louis C.K., all those guys, they were like real comics. Yeah. Now it's not the same thing. I, I think, I, I, does this analogy make sense? I, I think um, the people that we like and respect, they're, they're like soldiers, right? So they started as private, and they just years of be working and dedication they rise up the rankings, right? Yeah, they became generals. Yeah, they did the, they did it the old school way, like hard this. work. Yeah, yeah, they moved up a, like a platform. Now there is none of that. I think what why some of these guys, some of us have a resentment for the uh, young kids. It's like they jump as officers right away. See, they didn't do the whole private thing and work. Yeah, and, yeah. and a lot of them, some of them are really good. Most of them suck, though. Some of them are really good. Some of them are unwatchably bad, where it's like they can't handle... The thing that I've noticed is if the room isn't absolutely perfect, yeah. they can't handle the room. Like if it's just a little off or, you know, it's not absolutely perfect environment, like the improv is a pretty perfect environment, yeah. they can't handle the resistance of the crowd. So, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. But I also understand how um, how the clubs feel because at the end of the day, they're really there for business. They're all there about making money. Yeah, so they, they need whoever it is performing that weekend they're hoping they will bring a lot of people mm-hmm. and there are some comedians like David Tell um, sell a lot of tickets but there's times like he doesn't sell out and like you don't I don't get it because he's unbelievable he's right? unbelievable yeah but there's others who has a like funny YouTube clip or funny Twitter Ridiculous. or TV show or whatnot those guys will like or those women will fill up and so you know and like I, you know whatever or they have one funny joke yeah, and they have stretched that out for an hour, which I find I'm not going to name a name, but I, I watched her perform and I couldn't sure. believe it. So it was, I, I I'm not I'm not going to tell people like you should you should you should watch this guy or don't watch this guy or whatever you know it's 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 their decision. It just um, I guess it's frustrating for comedians like um, when I see guys like David Hill. I mean, this guy should be making twelve to sixteen million. That's how absolutely. Good That's how good this guy is. But um, you know, when you when you have mu- when you talk about music, I think more people are more savvy about music. You know what I mean? So, um, like comedians, they just don't know who's good and what's not good. You know, like when when they when comedians steal a joke from other comedians, most audience don't know that. No, they have no idea. Yeah, only thing they want is they want to get laughs. So they, right, and they don't well, even care. They don't even care. Uh, whereas if you play other people's music. If you're playing Led Zeppelin music, people know that you're not playing their music, right? So um, I think that discrepancy is what frustrate people who are commu- uh, who are great, and I feel frustration for guys who are super super. Tom Herrera should be making ten million a year. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. It, it's but, like basically what because I used to cast, and basically what you have to do now, mm-hmm. like young comedians will ask me. I never give people advice, as you know, but you know it's almost you have to go backwards. I would almost tell somebody. I'm actually doing that now, which I should have did a long time ago. Get on TV first yeah. in some substantial way. It doesn't matter. It could be a reality show. It could be an animation show. It could be anything. Or like podcasting, I think, is going to be the next big wave where people get deals. Because people are getting, you know, Mark Maron got a deal from his podcast. Do something 
where like a large amount of people can see or hear you or identify with you and then go back into live performance sure. where you have an audience. Because, I mean, I, I, I've, I've heard like even a lot of actors now are trying to do stand-up, which to me is ridiculous. I, I wouldn't, uh, I'm all for like if you want to try knock yourself out. Knock yourself yeah. out. And, um, and they're jumping into headlining spots, which I think is hilarious. And they've never done that. Like Chris Kattan, who I saw, maybe he's gotten better. Good on TV. He's got like SNL, right? SNL, yeah, right? yeah, but the stand-up isn't as good as the acting. It's not even close. Um, there are guys like, or there are women who, who were all right. They were doing something else. Eventually, they become good at it. You yeah, know? yeah, they yeah. do it long enough. Yeah. And they're serious. You know, Kathy Griffin did it long enough. And now she's, you know, she's pretty funny now. But in the beginning, you know, but if you're on TV, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I, I guess having... It's it's always it must be nice to have a huge fan base, but yeah, you have a fan base. You can do whatever you want on stage. You can sit there and do nothing. But Mike, um, before we go back, jumping to comedy, let's let's go over some of your background, right? So mm -hmm. like, so you're you're born, raised in Connecticut. Yeah, I grew up in Connecticut from the time I was eight till I was twenty four. Okay, and so what what was it like growing up in Connecticut? It was weird because you know people don't know my racial background i'm actually i have a white mother i was puerto rican black father mm -hmm. but i was raised by my stepfather okay so that's why my last name is muratory but that's not my real birth name and i didn't oh i didn't know that yeah and growing up it was weird because i was actually one of maybe three minorities in the whole school okay and you know it's like you look at yourself and you look at other people and they're like you know as white as that refrigerator what what, do, what most people think you're, you're they think i'm italian or I'm armenian i get all kinds of stuff you know okay. are you italian which is cool some people you know pick up on it but yeah some people think i'm mexican some people think i'm armenian some people think i'm persian italian yeah. i've gotten it all i've never gotten f irish i wish i was irish or german if you just like bone white somebody just said to me you're white i'm like oh that made, that'd make my day. i i thought you know listening to your last name Latin something, Italian. Yeah, something. my birth name is Miguel Roberto Martinez, but I haven't used it. I, I, I was raised by my stepfather, so I, I took his name when I was two years old. So that's my, that's my legal name. Okay. So which town was that again? In I grew up in a small town. I grew up in a town called New Fairfield. Okay. Here's the state, right? It's yeah. the western part of the state. Sure. Where Sandy Hook was, that was 14 miles. That's where all the kids got all shot. All the kids got shot. That town was a very old, wealthy, white town. There was never any crime there. Okay. That was like the first real crime in probably 200 years. Nobody. I mean, the people were millionaires, so there was no real crime there. You know, what I what blew my mind about that whole thing was the fact that Connecticut is a right to bear arms state. It so, is? Yeah. So when I grew up there, everybody had a firearm. I mean, you, you could walk in my school and the principal had a gun and the vice principal had a gun. Nobody ever pulled them out because nothing ever happened. But the thing that blew my mind is when he got into the school that nobody shot him. That's what blew my mind because everybody had a firearm. It's like Texas. Texas is a right to bear arms state. I think Arizona is a right to bear arms state. Florida is a right to bear arms state. I know in New York City, it's very, very difficult to get a gun. No, you can't have a gun. You, you go to jail. But in my, in my state, right to bear arms state, you, you could have a gun in your car. It can't be loaded. Can't be an illegal firearm like an automatic weapon, like a like a machine gun. But everybody had guns, so back when I lived there, you know, uh, that would never go on. He probably have killed maybe one or two people before he somebody gunned him down. Huh. So that's what blew my mind. Is like you know they had a security guard in there and he didn't, he didn't shoot him, or he didn't have a gun on him, which is you know I found that fascinating. 
So that little that, that town that you grow up, um, what, what was it like? Was there high crime or no? It was like no crime. Like I grew up with Germans, mm -hmm. Irish, and Italian people. So you 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 were growing up, and um, I mean, how long? When did you? So you left when you were twenty four, right? Mm -hmm. were, you, were you already thinking about doing comedy back then, or no? I what it was is I went. I was going to school to become a doctor, and I did two years of pre med, and I couldn't get through the chemistry, so I quit. And I started taking theater classes. And, and this I, is also in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And I started doing acting first. Okay. And then I got into a head-on collision, and I, I broke, like, every bone in my body, so I actually had to live with my parents, which was awful, for, like, uh, a year and a half. And then I moved out to L.A., I think, in, like, 1989. But I was still going back and forth from yeah. New York to L.A. till about 95. And then I just stayed out here after that. And what, what was it? What was it like moving to LA back in those days? It was it was you know it was like culture shock, you know. I used to work at a at a vegetarian restaurant in West Hollywood. That I was a waiter, and then I was like a waiter manager there. Yeah, I worked there for like I don't know from eighty nine to ninety five, and then after that I didn't have a, I haven't had a day job since. And when did you make the transition to do stand up? I started doing stand up. In 93. Okay. And I did it from 93 to 99, and then I quit for three years. And then when I met you, probably back in 02, is when I did it for the last 12 years. Okay. Um, but, um, so w when you were doing comedy, um, I mean, how's it going as, as far as for you? It's going good. Like I said, I'm, I'm doing more and more acting. The cool thing for me is even though I'm not doing a lot of stand-up, I've gotten a lot of work from doing stand-up. Okay. Like, if I never did stand-up, I would never get the acting jobs that I got. So it's like the last four years, I've been just doing more and more acting. I've done a lot of, like, non-union stuff. And, like, I have... I, like, can, I can buy my SAG card. I just haven't needed to get it yet, but I'm yeah. going to get it probably in 015. What, what kind of work? Like, commercials and All stuff? All kinds of stuff. Yeah, I did a national commercial in the beginning of the year. Uh... For general insurance, I did a thing on YouTube. I did a pilot, like an animated pilot, where I'm the lead voice. They're going to try to sell that the beginning of this year. Yeah. I did, what else did I do? I did a short film. I did, I'm doing another short film for the guy that created all the Friday the 13th movies. Okay. One of his people. I'm doing something for them. I actually fight choreographed a scene last night. Uh, I'm up for one of those Storage War shows. Like a new one, I might play the bad guy on that. So yeah, I. I oh, those guys from Orange County, right? Well, like, they, they, it's a new one. I can't really talk about it, but it's one where they buy stuff online, and then you have to go get it. Yeah. And and my friend created the show, and they wanted a bad guy. The guy that's in it didn't want to play the bad guy, and I was like, I would love to play the bad guy. So okay. I I've been getting a lot of stuff from doing stand up. Because they see you and like, hey. Yeah, and it's like I know people. And it's so my plan is basically to cross over and to never do stand-up again. I love stand-up comedy. But it's not the same. When I started, you actually could work. Now it's really hard to get work. I work. I don't work enough. It's touch and go. Like I'll get bunches of work, and then I won't get anything for a while. It's, it's a tough one because, you know, I, if I'm lucky, I'll get these weekend job opening for someone. And you know, if you're lucky, you probably get between five to seven hundred bucks. And, yeah. And um, then 
start over the process again for the following week. If yeah, you it's, it's like, yeah, you're always, you're always fighting for work. Yeah. And what I like about the acting stuff now is it's much more professional. It's not like the circus carnival sideshow shit that you and I have to go through. You know, dealing with the bookers and getting paid and the drama and the fucking other comics and all this bullshit. It's not like that. You go in, they're on a time constraint, which I like. So they're even if they they're crazy, they're professional. Yeah. You do your thing, you get out, you get your check, you're done. I love that. You know, stand up now. It's it's just drama. It's like you know, you know how it is. You're dealing with comics that are egomaniacs and they want to pay you twenty five dollars, and you're doing free shows and there's people bringer shows. There's all kinds of nonsense out there. And when I started, it wasn't like that. There was kind of a pecking order, and then it changed. When I came back, I didn't do it for three years. And when I came back, it was like a completely different ball of wax. It was all bringer shows, and there was no pecking order. It didn't People were jumping from nothing to headlining. Do you think that's more like L.A. thing? or is- I, think, I don't know, you know, because I tried to work in New York. I never had any luck there. I was going to move back five years ago. I li- I've lived in Manhattan. I was going to move back, and I didn't have any luck there. And I've heard... I, I have a friend, Sam Comro. Do you know Sam Comro? No. He's a young comic. He's really funny. He's got Tourette's. He's a really funny guy. He tried to go back to New York, and he didn't have any luck. He's better. He does more stuff here. And Dante and I were talking about that, and Dante is trying Dante to- got some uh, he, uh, heat from Last Comic Standing, right? Maybe mm-hmm. four or five years ago? Whatever. Yeah, and he even said, he said, Mike, you know, New York, it's all, I, I've heard because my cousin lives there, yeah. and she's a comic, and it's all bringer shows now. And it's expensive to live there. It's way cheaper to live in L.A. Sure. Than it is. It's way easier to survive here than New York City. So, you know, if you're in that top 1% in New York, like all the guys you open for, like Jim Florentine and David Attell and Greg Fitzsimmons and Jim Norton, those guys, they get real Not spots. so much with Greg. I've done, I've done guest spot on his show, but it's mainly Attell and Norton. They're and, awesome. Yeah. And they get, they're like the, they're like the cream of the crop in New sure. York. But I also, I, I still think, the kind of dedication, hard work, you know, they put in there doing their uh, craft. I still think they should make more money than they Absolutely, I mean, I, I, you know, no, I, I'll defend them to the end. And the thing is, in defense of them, back then they actually got real stage time. It's not sure. like the stuff we do. It's ridiculous. You know, you're doing bringer shows, or you're doing like open mics, or you do, you know, you get like one real show a week. So it's just a completely different animal now. So you know, I, I think it's it's. A game of attrition. I think you just have to keep doing it. Yeah. And not really worry about the outcome. I, I enjoy the other stuff that I'm doing. It keeps me from stabbing somebody. Because, um, you know, I was friend with Mitch Hepburn, you know. and he, I, I, I was an acquaintance of him. I absolutely loved him. I thought he was terrific. But, you know, this is something that he talked about on TV and whenever he was interviewed. But he always said, you know, he wasn't in a really weird spot because... Uh, unbelievable, terrific stand-up comment. Unbelievable, unbelievable, and great jokes, great everything. And it's kind of just you know, there's a lot of people trying to copy his style, but and they you, can never do it. They well. can't do it. But uh, one of the joke he talks about, um, oh, or maybe just a comment, but he was basically saying it was never good enough to be just be a great at comedy because it's it's like a chef. You know, you're a great chef, but. Hollywood ask like, okay, you're a great chef, but are you able to uh, raise animals and farm? And, you know, they want to ask you if you could do something outside of uh, just being a chef. Right. You know? What they want to do is they want to take your funny and they want to package it into a show. Show. And he couldn't do that. Movie. I mean, uh, 
maybe this is a bad analogy, but maybe JFK would have been great president uh, if they didn't murder the guy. You yeah. Know? So who 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 knew what would have happened? I just feel bad that if he would have lived, can you imagine if he had access to Twitter account back in those days with his one-liners? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's extraordinary. You, you know, mm-hmm. it's funny because you see a lot of these old comics now that can't get work. Like Charles Fleischer, who I like. I just met him recently through a friend. I think yeah. he's great. He has problems getting stage time. And he's Charles Fleischer. That's pretty heavy. And it's weird because this January 1st is 2015. It's exactly 10 years is the last time I saw Mitch. January 1st, 2005. That's the last time I saw him. Yeah, he passed away in 05, right? Uh, March of 2005 or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And... At the end, though, you know, I didn't know him well. I met him. I met him a few times. I really liked him. But, you know, at the end, it was he was scary between the drugs and the alcohol or whatever he was taking. He wasn't, he wasn't like you watch him from the beginning to the end. He wasn't the same. You know, whatever he was doing was working against him. So I don't know. Yeah, he was a great one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, could he have transitioned into TV? Who knows? Or writer for uh, TV or movie? I think, I think if he was sober, he could have definitely wrote for TV. There's no doubt in my mind. He could have wrote for a talk show host or a show. No doubt in my mind. Uh, he, he was unbelievable talent. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, it's like Dana Gould wrote for The Simpsons forever. He's a great comic. And he's trying to make a comeback into comedy. I don't know him at all, but I like his stand-up. But I know he wrote and on The Simpsons. And he's got a pretty for- funny podcast show, too. Yeah, yeah, he wrote on The Simpsons forever. He was great. Um, and uh, so you were, when you were going to connect, I know you always talk about this. When did you start learning martial art? Because It's weird, because I was the second smallest kid in my class, so I okay. used to get beat up all the time until I hit about 15. Yeah. And then I started doing martial arts. What kind of what kind I, of I started out in Taekwondo, but I only did that for a very short amount of time. And then I learned karate, yeah. judo, and jiu-jitsu. And- I have a black belt in karate. I have a black belt in judo. I have a black belt in jujitsu. I don't practice any of them anymore. I, I just practice jujitsu, but it's, I've been practicing this jujitsu that I do now for the last four and a half, almost five years. And it's, it's built around multiple attacks and weapons. Mm-hmm. But I, and I used to study um, with Bruce Lee's best student, the best fighter out here. He was like my uncle. I studied with him for, I was like an in-house student for like seven years. I love martial arts. The problem that I have with it, it's like doing stand-up for a living. I love stand-up. I don't love teaching martial arts at all. I hated it because I was more of a fighter. Yeah. I just didn't have the patience for people. And you have to teach people you don't like. If you want to open a public school, you have to teach people you don't like. And you have to teach little kids, which I didn't like doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because little kids now don't listen. When I was, I think I started training when I was 15, you never talk back to the teacher. My teacher was Okinawan, and he was like your height. He was big, and he was he had a he had a weird mix. He had like an Okinawan dad. It was like reversed, yeah. and a white mother, and he looked like both, you know. But he was big. He was a big guy. Yeah, and he he was a killer. One punch, it was over. You were done. You were out. Done. Dead. And he could grapple too. He was unbelievable. So you never disrespected him. You, you did what he told you to do, and you behaved, and he was very Japanese. And you know about Japanese, even though you're Korean, right? You're Korean descent, yeah. but you were, born, you were raised in Japan. Yeah. I know all about the culture, and they're strict. They're not like Americans. It's a lot of formality, and 
it's just different. And when they teach you something, they teach you one thing. And until you master that thing, they don't teach you anything else. Whereas like with Chinese, I, when I used to teach, I used to teach Wing Chun. With Chinese teachers, they do this. It's a different culture. People think all Asians are the same. They're not. It's a different You're culture. You're telling me. Yeah, you know. Korean, and you were raised in Japan. Yeah. Yeah, Ch Chinese people teach completely differently. They'll teach you like four corners of a square, and you got to figure out the other square, the other corner of the square. And this is, only, this is only in Connecticut? Or? No, here too. I started doing martial arts again here in 99 after I got divorced. That was a whole nightmare. Um, and... I, play, it, I played house for three years. I tried to be a normal person. That didn't work out for me. And um, when you were taking classes, is this something that was suggested you by your mom, parents or something? Or you no, just I wanted... used to get beat up, and I got tired of getting beat up. And then I got really good, and I was probably, if not the toughest person in the school, probably one of them. And nobody, nobody messed with me from like 17 on. That was it. It's weird because, you know, even from the day one when I met you, you always struck me like a nice person. And I am nice. I, I, you are nice. But I, like I have five rules in life, and I get along. I'm like you. You and I get along with everybody. Even though, even though I can, could be an asshole, I, you're, we're a lot alike because we get along with everybody. We have flexible personalities. I have five rules in life. I, I don't get along with you if you do one of the five things. You okay. try to kick my ass. Right. You cock tease me. You waste my time. You try to rip me off financially. And you can't control your kids, your animals, or your spouse in public. Yeah. I will go. I've gotten rid of friends because of that shit. Crazy wives that like to mouth off. Done. Gone. History. Bye. Those are my five pet peeves in life. You know, so I, if you don't do one of those five things, I'll probably get along with you. But if you do one of those five things, I'm not going to deal with you. It's so weird. Like you have problems with people because you're, you're very civil and nice to be. I get along with people unless you break one of the five rules. Yeah. And I tell you in detail. You know, I have a friend that's trying to talk to me now. I haven't talked to him in three years because I can't stand his wife. And I told him, I said, maybe she berates you in public because you're a half a fag motherfucker and you can't control this bitch. I can control her. You're not going to like what I do, but I'll put her in her place. I'm old school. She's not going to open her mouth. And he couldn't handle it. So it's like, I don't deal with her no more. And you see a lot of that shit out here. Where I grew up, women, men were men. It wasn't like it is here. It is the land of the metrosexual. Oh, yeah, you know, we can hang out and blah, 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 blah. No, nah, I don't do that shit. So do you, do, you, do you go back to Connecticut at all? I haven't been back in probably 20 years. I have no family there anymore. I might be doing Gotham. Have you ever played a Gotham? Uh, once, years ago. My year. friend's cousin owns it. I'm trying to get in there. So when I, if I go back and do that, I'm going to go to Connecticut and visit. If I go back and do that, because Connecticut from the middle of Manhattan is like 70 miles, 60 miles, it's like an hour and 10 minutes. It, it's um, it's it's really weird. It, um, Connecticut has the first time I went, I was surprised there's ghetto in like New Haven. Oh, yeah. man. Bridgeport was one of the most crime ridden areas in the whole world at one point. But, you know, for the most people who's never been in the uh, northeast, when you when you think about Connecticut, they just think. Preppy school. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rich well, it's, like the, it. it's the richest. It's the most expensive state, I think, in the country to live in. But it's not the reasons people think. You get way more for your money there than you do here. Mm -hmm. Like $400,000 there gets you a 3,000-square-foot house with a pool and two acres. What kills you, and people that live there know this, is property tax. The property tax is the highest in the country. It's, so if you buy a house... Your property tax is almost like paying a second mortgage. It's insane. 
I think it's 1.8%. It's you. It's really high. So if you have a million dollar house, right? Your let's say your house is 1.8 million. I think your tax would be 18,000 a year. That's insane. Think about that. That's like another that's like another 1500 a month on top of your mortgage. That's nuts. So that's what you're paying for. You know, you're paying for very little crime. You know, the crime is pretty centralized. It's like New Haven, Bridgeport, Waterbury. There's just areas, but they're like in the center of the state. You go to the, like the eastern part of the state and the western part of the state. I lived on the west part of the state. And you go like northwest, like Litchfield County. It's beautiful. There's no people. It's vacuous. There's nobody there. I, I know. Um, I think the first train stop on Manhattan into Connecticut is Greenwich. Greenwich is, is outrageously beautiful. Yeah. And the most, one of the most wealthiest places on the face of the earth. It, it is. Yeah. Um, a lot of the hedge fund managers live there. Yep. And it's it, and I think the reason they have something to do with they don't pay state tax or something. There's some kind of regulation is that this is the furthest they could be away from New York State, but it's the first stop. Yeah, and they get a lot more for their money. Yeah. You know, two million dollars in Greenwich isn't a lot, but it's still better than two million dollars in Manhattan. Oh because yeah. Two million dollars in Manhattan gets you a place maybe a little bigger than what we're sitting in right now. Sure. A million would probably be this place, in the in the right neighborhood. A million dollars, let's say not in Greenwich, but like Stamford, which has some crime, yeah. but still really nice. You can get an outrageous place. I think I think Fifty Cent had a place in Stamford. His play, he had a place in Connecticut that was ridiculous. And, it was like and, a compound. And where's Yale? That's in Connecticut. Yale's right? in New Haven. New Haven. Mm -hmm. And they've cleaned that up. That used to be real crime. When you when did you go there? Oh, you know, last couple years. Okay, know. well, what they're doing in Yale? Because somebody told me this. I was at. Where was I? I was like at Fat Burger, and the black lady behind the counter was from New Haven. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, they cleaned it all up because what they're doing is they're expanding Yale. They're expanding the college out into the hood, so they're gentrifying all these areas. Yeah. I haven't been to New Haven in probably 25 years. Oh, my God. Yeah, I haven't been to Connecticut in 21, so I don't know, man. Because I think New Haven had something to do with Mark Twain. Did I have that I right? I think. I don't know. Uh, I'm dumb. But New Haven was ghetto at one point. Yale. But New Haven has Yale. And Yale has the ugliest woman on the face of the planet. And uh, and uh, I forgot, you're also talking about you're into college football. I like, yeah, the Gators. The, the Gators. I'm wearing. But, and for those of you who don't follow sports in the states, it's it's in down in Florida. Oh yeah, Florida's Florida's ridiculous. And uh, well, how how did that happen? I don't know. It's weird. You know, it's like like why do people like things? You know, nobody knows. Sometimes you just like things. So you, you you're a Gator fan? Yeah, long? I don't watch that much football right now because I've been super busy. But yeah, I like I like the Gators. I like the New England Patriots. Most people that are in L.A. would that that makes me. sense. You're from I Canada. love the Patriots. They yeah. cheat though, but I love them. Tom Brady's not good anymore because he married a model. I have this theory. You marry a model, you, you lose your superpowers. <laughs> he had superpowers before he met her. Now he's lost all his superpowers because she sucks the life out of him. Well, I, I think um, I think they're looking pretty good, I have to say, this year. They're, what are they, 12 and 4 or something like so, that? I think so, yeah. They're a great team. And they, have great, they play as a unit, which is the old way to play. It's like basketball. I used to watch the Celtics as a kid. It was an all-white team. So you they played as a unit. That's what made them great. Now you have all these people that play street ball that are, you know, playing basketball that are extraordinary. And if they just all worked as a team 
and they had less ego, they would dominate everything. You see some of these super athletes. They're insane. Well, I, so what are you? Are you also a Red Sox fan then? No, I hate the Red Sox. Oh, I like a, the Yankees. Jeter's, Jeter's my favorite baseball player of all time. Yeah, because Connecticut is a weird, weird spot. Because, I, I, you know, if, if you get to the Connecticut where you're in like a midpoint between New York City yeah, I can't and deal Boston. With the Reds. I'm not a Boston fan. Um, it's it's like a really interesting like Boston. I, nobody likes Boston. Boston's a beautiful city. The people are psychotic. <laughs> They're fucking haters. They're the worst. So you're a New England Patriot fan. Uh huh. I'm a Yankees fan. You're a Yankees fan. Jeter's my favorite baseball. But he's born the same day as me. Ten years younger than me. Is that right? Oh yeah. yeah. And he's a half breed, which I love. He's half black and half white. I love that. It's like a superhero. And he's a pussy head. He's got mad game. They interviewed him. Even his parents are mad at him because he's had so he's had so many starlets. He, the guy has like lived a crazy life, extraordinary life. But it's a um, pretty rational decision, right? Because um, Chris Rock had that joke about you know you're only good as as your option, and a guys who can't get any women complaining about guys who get girls all the time, saying that. Well, he's right. a, you know in defense of him, you know he's a super athlete. He's oh, I'm not criticizing him. I couldn't understand yeah, why. Yeah, no, he. of course he's going to get the cream of the crop. He's rich. Rich trumps everything. I don't give a shit when anybody... Well, I don't care what Chris Rock says. I don't care what anybody says. If you're loaded, you become handsome, you become white, yeah. you become tall, you get a giant penis. You, It's all perception. If you're loaded, you can get the top of the food chain. And he is good looking. Yeah, and, and, and he's, he's cool. Athlete. Yeah. And he's rich, and of course he's going to get the top of the food chain. The thing is, though, if you're rich and you're fat and ugly, you will become a money mark. I don't want to name names, but there's celebrities that become money marks because they can't they can't bitch slap those women. You got you know you got to put a chick in check. I used to work at a modeling agency, and my boss in New York or LA? here. My boss had more game. She was a woman. Had more game than any man I ever saw in my life. You don't, which which agency, if you don't mind? L.A. Models. Extraordinary. This woman was like the vagina whisperer. Wait, L.A. Model? Who did they have? Oh, any big names? I don't know now. I haven't worked there in 19 years. But this woman... Wait, wait, wait. But before you continue, how, how did you get a job at modeling agency? I used to work at a restaurant. That's how I knew her. And I used to work there part-time. Okay. See, it was nothing. It was like working the phones and looking at talent. But you were working at the restaurant, this lady. In, in, I know her, yeah. Uh, what's her name? Patsy. I don't remember. I haven't seen her in probably 20 years. But she was working at the modeling agency. She owned it. Yeah, and she asked if you want to. Yeah, she had mythical pussy powers. I've never seen anything like this to this day. She just had games. She knew women. She knew how to talk to women. She, she just. So she was, obviously she was like, let's be a buy. I think, I don't know. Huh. You know, I haven't seen her in almost 20 years, but she had game. So she offered you a job? Or did you ask her for the job? No, she offered. I No, I worked there for a couple. I worked there on and off for like a year. Okay. But I learned how to pick up models. You got to be mean to them. Got to be mean and nice at the same time. Got, they're used to being paid attention to all the time. Guys are on them all. Think about it. If a chick's a 10, a guy's going to, she's going to get hit on continuously walking down the street. But if you ignore her, if you say, if you introduce yourself and you ignore her, she's going to remember you because nobody ignores them. And um, they're not that great. All my friends want to marry these model chicks. And I'm just like, you better, you better off marrying cute and fuck hot. You never want to marry hot. She's going to have a life of pain. And so you were doing just basic office jobs? And yeah, talent scout. Not really a scout, but like I would look at pictures and stuff. I used to cast too. 
years ago. So it's like I, I know how to like I can look at somebody's photograph and I can tell them if they're gonna work or not really quickly. And people, some people photograph beautifully and they're not that attractive in real life, and that's fine because that's all that really matters. You can be ugly in real life, but if you photograph beautifully, that's it. That's all. And you know fun. how you can tell from a driver's license. If somebody looks good in their driver's license, they'll photograph unbelievably well. Because a driver's license is a shitty photograph. It doesn't get much more shitty than that. And you look at them this way, profile, and then you look, you look up at them like this. So if this is their head, the light, you're yeah. looking up at them. So profile, profile, frontal, and up. And if they look good in all four, they're, they're a keeper. You know what I mean? They're, they'll photograph well. Because I've seen people that look like trainees in real life. A lot of those models aren't that attractive in real life. But the camera loves them, loves them, and makes them, it just, it just lights up. Marilyn Monroe was actually pretty heavy even back then, and she looked thin on camera. Same thing with Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford looks thinner on camera than she is in real life. That's weird. It's usually the opposite for people. They look heavier on camera. Yeah, that is, that is weird, because I was talking to a couple of my photographer friends, and like, it's just one of those weird things, like, like you were saying. They had magic. Tyra Banks is another one. She's a big girl in real life. She's, She's big, tall. Tall and big. And the camera loves her. The camera just eats her up. Loves her. Can't get enough of her. She's like a modeling savant, too. She's like, she knows where the camera... Like that show, I, I never really watched it. I watched it once. America's Top Model, but she knows her stuff. She knows, like, where to put... Like, where to place yeah. somebody, their head. and She's got it down. She's unbelievable. But, yeah, the camera's got to like you, and it's a freak thing. You know, because you can be... It's you, you can be ugly in real life and the camera just loves your face. And there's no, you know, you see it even with actors. Some actors, they're not attractive, but there's something about them yeah. that makes you want to watch them. They have some mystical thing because there's tons of beautiful people in LA. But if they don't have that magic or that X factor or whatever you want to call it, charisma, sure. they're not going to work. I see it with friends of mine. It's a shame that are really good actors, but they just, they're missing something. Like you'll see them on camera and, I, you know, you don't say anything because you don't want to hurt their feelings. You're like, you don't, you don't got it. And then you see people that really don't have that much skill, but they have something where you want to watch them. You're like, they're interesting to watch. I would like pay to watch them. So you you work at a modeling agency? I did all kinds of shit. Yeah, I worked at a modeling agency. I did, um, I used to drive around strippers for money. That was a horrible job. How did, how did you get that job? Uh, I got it. How did I get that job? I got it through a friend. You know, I'm not a fan of strippers. Like, I, I have huge... Like, you did porn. Like, you, you worked in the porn industry. I actually respect porno actresses. People that hate porn are hypocritical. Everybody watches porn. Yeah. We all do. I don't know one person. You know, they'll lie to us and say, I don't watch porn. We all watch porn. So I have respect for porno actresses and porno actors and, and, and hookers and prostitutes because there's an exchange of energy. Yeah. I hate strippers. It's like, I can't, and I worked with them. They're the worst. It's how long, how long I, I blame you, the guy, not the girl. I blame the guy that goes to the strip club, not the girl. How long, the, how long did you do that? I did that for like a year. I drove around, but it was dangerous. Because what was happening is these strippers would go to these wait, guys. Wait, wait, but why did, why did they need a driver? They don't, they didn't well, drive it was alcohol, right? It was like, it's like this, right? Wait, stop, it's stop, kind stop, of a scam. stop, stop, stop. Are they strippers? They're strippers. They they should have had sex with these guys. This is where the problem was. Because when you start using the term like inkos, outcos, they're that's alcohol. A, that's a prostitution. That's what well, you and I thought that, but this is what's so I'm not defending them. They should have had sex with these wait, guys. Wait, wait. So they, they get hired and they go to a hotel and just do the strip for Yes. Them. That's what you're talking about. Okay. Yes. But it's dangerous because the guys would go ballistic because on when they're talking on the phone, yeah. they think they're gonna get laid. 
And when they get there and this chick is just dancing around and they don't give it up, they flip out. There was this one incident in Koreatown. Older Korean guy. This is why I quit. We drive to Koreatown. She does an in-house call. Is this an Asian girl? No, it's a white girl. Okay. What year were we talking about? 95. Okay. So, so okay. We start from the beginning. Did the, does the girl say, hey, I have this gig. Could you come and pick me up? And take me I was kid? working for the company. I would drive them around. I get paid really well. So they tell you to pick up this girl. And take yeah, you pick her up at her house, and then you drive her to the alcohol. So okay. you wait outside. Right. Well, this is what ended it for me. She goes in, and the Korean guy thought he was getting laid. And the way they told him on the phone, it sounded like he was going to get some. Well, his nephew comes outside. He was a Korean kid. He was cool. He goes, hey, she, he, my uncle's not going to let her out of the house. He locked her in. I said, what do you mean he locked her in? He locked her in. He's, he wants sex or he's, gonna, he's not going to let her out. I said, all right, let me take care of it. So I walk up and I told the girl, I said, give him back his money. Now, mm -hmm. she flipped out. I said, give him back his money and we're done. And I drove her back to her house. It was, we had a huge fight. I actually beat down her dog. A dog bit me. She had a chow. Mm -hmm. Dog, the dog sunk its teeth into my feet. I had on like boots. But do you think it was the girl's fault? Because yeah, I do, I do, I do. Because I heard the out call, and the out call sounded like he was going to get some. He was basically asking for a prostitute, yeah. which is fair. Mm -hmm. I think prostitution should be legal and fair. I don't think there's anything wrong with prostitution. So she misled the guy. She totally cock teased him, and she broke one of my rules. She didn't cock tease me, but she caused me to be in trouble with her cock teasiness. I told her, you're done. Get in the car. Oh, we got into a huge argument. I grabbed her by the back of the head. I threw her in the car. I said, that's it. And I quit right there. But what was funny is after I quit, they shut the whole operation down like two weeks later. Everybody got busted because it was illegal. It was like borderline prostitution. But I have more respect for prostitutes because it's a service. It's fair. Yeah. You're paying for something. This I blame the guys, though. It's like you go to a strip club. And the chick is just dancing, and you're not getting a touch of that pussy? Fuck that. You're the dummy, not her. You're being worked. I mean, I used to have a friend that um, have a lot of friends in Silicon Valley. They're nice guys. They really work hard, and they have a lot of money. Uh, but maybe because they're so good at one thing, maybe they're not good. They have no social skills. That's what I was going with. Maybe they don't know how to pick up women or something like that. I'm, I'm no expert either, but... So they ended up paying thousands and thousands of dollars. For no and, pussy. Yeah. They're stupid. Because I would tell them, and you had me on you had me on a podcast. You want to pick up a stripper? You got to hit them. I talk about it in my act. You got to be mean to them. You got to abuse the shit out of them. They love it. They can't get enough of it. You kick a stripper in the shins, you tell her to fuck off, you're probably getting laid. You've done enough comedy on the road. Yeah. Strippers and comics go together like ice cream and apple pie. Strippers and porno actresses. Not uncommon for them to date. Yeah, no, it's like the same profession, prostitutes and and comics, strippers and comics, um, porno actresses and comics. Any one of those girls, rock stars, actors, it's the same profession. We're whores, same shit. I like, I, I blame the guys, not the girls. It's like if you're being worked by this chick, that's your problem. I never get worked. I've never been worked by. I, I got ripped off by a stripper once, only because I was buying. A friend of mine, a lap dance at the, the place on Sunset in West Hollywood. I forgot the name of that place. You know which one I'm talking about. Uh, the one on Sunset Boulevard is still there. Oh, yeah. They have that uh, the, silhouette of the yeah, women. The white, yeah, yeah, the white one on Sunset, yeah. West Hollywood. Not too far from Comedy Store. Yeah. yeah. And we got ripped off. We were buying a friend a lap dance, and we gave her like 90 bucks. 
50 plus a 40. And she said, well, you never paid me. I'm like, bitch, you're lucky we're in this place because I, I would have killed her. But we couldn't. It was fucking, we would have been killed. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm out. Fuck these motherfuckers. I'd rather, you know, you're going to, I have more respect for prostitutes. It's fair. And, you know, we're comics. I love chuckle fuckers. Now I have a girlfriend, but before I love chuckle fuckers. I love me a chuckle fucker. Chuckle fuckers are great. You can do it. You've picked up chuckle fuckers, right? I don't know that term. I love chuckle fuckers. I know the guys you've opened for have picked up chuckle fuckers. Chuckle fuckers are fantastic. They're like an old tire you can just slam against the wall. and beautiful. Basically a comedy groupies, right? Yeah, comedy yeah. groupie. No, fuck you. They're crazy, but they're fun. It's weird because Dave could pick up those girls if he wanted to. But even the girl made it so obvious to me that they're interested in Dave. But like he was more like, nah, after the show, grab some junk food and go back. Now, to I got a question room. for you because he's a great. I've only met him once. I met him at the, at the Laugh Factory when I was picking up a check a couple of years ago. I brought your name up. Came out of a cab. He was drunk. I go, I'm friends with Yoshi. Oh, hey, how are you? I said, I'm a big fan. Got my check and I left. But uh, so did, did he not pick up girls on 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 the road or was he kind of shy? I mean, I don't know him that in that way, but all the years I've been, he he's pretty much like professional. Like right after the show, he probably want to go back to hotel room, listen to the sets and go over like what. what. Well, you can get in trouble now. See, the thing is, is these, you know, you know, Adam Richmond, right? Yeah. Adam got you heard what happened to him. Are you friend with him? Yeah, he got he got into that all that trouble, and I told him. And I mean, he's probably gonna hear this shit. I'm sort of put down to him. I love Adam. Is you never go to a chuckle fucker's house? You never get in a car with a chuckle fucker. It's a stranger. Be you don't know this person. Be before you continue, you gotta let the audience know because maybe they don't know Adam. So what, tell everyone. Adam's fucking crazy. I love Adam, but but he did it to himself. My our friend at my friend Adam. Picked up this chick, the waitress at the club. In Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. They get drunk. They go to her house. I don't know what really happened. She said he tried to rape her. If you've seen this guy, he's not a rapist. He's annoying and an asshole, but he's my homie. He's not a rapist. He doesn't have the physical strength to actually... A woman would beat his ass. He did, he, he, he supposedly said some incriminating things about he's, himself. He said some stupid shit on the answering machine and to like the operator who was the police officer. It was bad. Like, he did some stupid shit. Rule number one, you never drink with your chuckle fuckers. You never get in a car with a chuckle fucker. You never go back to their house. They could be a serial killer. You have no idea who the fuck they are. And female comics pick up chuckle fuckers, too. They get guys that are group. I've watched it. So, yeah, he made huge, huge mistakes. Because what I heard, he went to the girl's house. And they were drinking. There's a couple other people, and they supposedly left. I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened, but basically, he got kind of aggressive with her. He did. Yeah. But she also let him on and made him come back to the house, and you know, see, my problem with all this, in defense of my friend, I'm and he not, also said to the cop, like, yeah, I get kind of aggressive when I'm drunk. That's where he fucked up, and he was in Minneapolis, and he's Jewish. It was all bad for him. You know, it was like a black man going to a Klan meeting. It's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. It's not going to work out for you. Yeah, he shouldn't have did what he did. And I told him afterward. I mean, I love Adam. I said, you got to quit drinking. You can't drink and hang out with these people. They're strangers. I did a gig a couple of years ago, right? By the way, that's why I'm such a big supporter of prostitution because you, you know from beginning, like, I'm willing to pay money for, to have a sex with you. There's, there's no any misunderstanding. You yeah, know? I've never bought a prostitute, but I would. Yeah. Like, if I had to, like, if I was missing legs, I would buy one. I think it's a fair thing. You're paying for a service. You're getting the service. 
and it's fair. I think it should be legal throughout the whole country. I think gambling should be legal, yeah. and I think drugs should be legal. If they control drugs, prostitution, and gambling, they'd wipe out the deficit in five years. Because we do, people do it anyway, you know. And people, guys are addicted to porn, which is hilarious. Every guy I know is addicted to pornography. They will watch. I don't have the time. I'm a workaholic, but they. Yeah. they I have friends that literally will watch hours of pornography. And you know how porn is. It like it's like a drug. You need more and more shit to get off. Like normal stuff won't get you off anymore. You have to watch a chick sitting on a baseball bat or getting put in a cage. You get to a point where like nothing gets you off. So it's like I had a friend who was addicted to porn, and the and the and the therapist told him you are not allowed to watch porn for one year, and he didn't do it. He didn't watch any porn, and he quit. And he said he became normal again. Like he could get off with a woman because it got to a point where he couldn't even get off with his girlfriend. I th I think you know I don't know the clinical technical terms, but I I do think. That flashes of uh, pleasure, seeing a new girl over and over. Like, it's hard to stop, I would imagine. Well, you just get crazy. Like, you know, you used to edit porn. And I, you, I remember you telling me something. I never, for, I never forgot this. I asked you on the phone. I said, do you get off on porn? You go, no. You told me you like cheerleaders and something else. And I thought that was hilarious. It's, it's um, I just think when you work in a business, whatever notion you had about the fantasy, it's gone because you know the girls and they're not slutty as they claim to be. And two, whenever you bring work to anything that you enjoy, it, it sucked the joy out of anything. Yeah, well, know? I remember you telling me your favorite was Belladonna. And I wasn't into Bella. You know who I used to like, who I met? Oh my God, I was in love with her. Dasha Day, remember Dasha Day? Blonde from the Czech Republic, ridiculous. Oh yes. The squirter, I loved her. She's loved beautiful. her. She beautiful. Beautiful. She was a vivid girl too. Yes. Loved her. She was like hot and she was like filthy but yet sensual. And I've never had a squirter. I've done everything. I fucked midgets, old ladies, fat chicks, beautiful chicks, average chicks. I've never had that. I've always wanted to do that. And well, then, but, what, but what is it about her that you like? Out of I, all she's, the and I'm not even into blondes. I like brunettes better. She's fucking sexy. I've been to the Czech Republic. She just got it all. She's tall and she's just hot. Like, you know, like some chicks are just... I she, even think she had Jenna, a fake tits, right? Yeah. yeah. Like even Jenna Jameson, when she was younger, she was hot. Now she, it's sad, but back in the day, she was hot. Early 90s, she was unbelievable. She was unbelievable. And she and she didn't do that much filthy shit compared to the stuff they do now, like double anal and and, and double DPs, and I've seen everything. I think the first thing she did was uh, up-and-comers. Uh, uh, oh, maybe I'm getting the titles wrong because I'm so tired, but Randy West with Evil Angel. And I remember she didn't have a boob job back then, but she was so... Young looking and she was sexy. Yeah, but yeah, I love Dasha Day. I like. There's a couple of them I thought were really hot. I'm trying to think of the new ones that I like. I don't watch that much porn, and it's funny because I remember one time I was telling you what I like. This is years ago when I wanted some porn from you, and you were screaming at me on the phone. You're not a real pornographer. You don't like. You don't like Belladonna. I'm like, no, I don't want. Why should get baseball bats up her ass? I'm really not into that. You don't get it. Like, like you were going off on me. It was hilarious because it was stuff that I like was tame compared to what you were editing. Well, there, there's a lot of like phony and porny porn where girls just, it's all acting, you know. Um, I'm not a fan of fake tits either because I just think that sexual energy, you don't need a, a system, some artificial porn. No, I like fake tits. It, for me, it's like this. I went to art school, so it's like this. I went to theater <laughs> school, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Art school equals fake tits. It, fake tits. I, I like... And I used to cast. And I can appreciate beautiful people. Yeah. I want to see beautiful people fuck. 
I don't want to see somebody that looks like me. I look like a fucking toad. I don't want to see somebody that looks like you that's fucking. Yeah. I want to see two people that are hot. If I don't like the way you look, I don't want to fucking watch that shit. Like whether I'm watching guy and girl or girl and girl, they got to be fucking good looking. Like really hot. Or I, and I don't like old. I don't want to watch old. I've fucked old. I've fucked many of the old women. But I don't want to watch that shit. Wait, what's old? Oh, you? shit. I've, I've gone as young as 18, as old as 65. Yeah. I've done it all. Fat chicks. I've done everything. You know what I mean? But I like pretty. You got to be hot. And they got to be like sensual, but yet dirty. But not super dirty, but dirty enough. I like everything. I'm not into men. I don't like men. I mean, I have four gay cousins. I love gay people. But I'm just, I'm not into dudes. Because if I was if I was a fag, I'd be really filthy. Wait, so do you prefer just lesbian porn? I like everything. Guy, yeah. girl. Girl, girl. I like hot lesbians with like glass dildos doing each other. Yeah. That's fucking hot to me. I'm uh, not really into strap-ons. I like more of the glass dildos. Why? I don't know. I'm just into that. <laughs> You're just peculiar. I just I just like that. No no people with animals. I'm not into that. I don't I don't like people that fuck little kids or innocent people or retards. I don't like any of that shit. It's creepy to me. Like I tell I'm people I'm glad you you take stands. <laughs> yeah, leave the animals, the retarded people and the fucking kids, kids. alone. What the fuck are you doing, man? Really? You know what I mean? Like I'm not into that. I got four gay cousins though. I love gay people. I've seen gay porn. It's fucking nasty. I can't watch it. Used to edit that shit all day long too, right? Um, we when I was working for Evil Angel, I think we only had one or two maybe gay titles, but uh, mostly transsexual outside of. Uh, See, I'm not into that shit either. I got two friends that are into trannies that have dated them and stuff. Even my gay cousins don't get that. They're like, we don't get. Oh, that. Oh, gay people don't like uh, they transsexual don't, stuff. They, it's they, it's they, a heterosexual man. Yeah, that's what they said. They said guys are they're just confused. And I asked my cousin. We have a cousin that's bi. Yeah, I have one gay cousin. I have two gay cousins, one bi cousin and one lesbian cousin that start, that's going out with men now. Mm -hmm. And I asked my gay cousin, I go, I go, what's up with bisexual people? He goes, they're just buying time. They're not real. He goes, if you put a gun to their head, Mike, they're going to pick a side. Because um, my cousin liked girls. My cousin dates men, but he had really beautiful girlfriends. He just wasn't into him. So he's more bisexual then? No, he, he's gay. I mean, he identifies himself as gay because he, he has real relationships with gay men, with men. He says, Mike, I like pussy once in a while. He goes, but I prefer men. He goes, you know, I can't deal with women's bullshit. I can't handle it. I said, yeah, you're too sensitive. You take them seriously. You can't take women seriously. Even if you love them, you just got to blow it off. They're just venting. You know, they're just whatever they do. They're just acting out. It's fine. So what... what um What's your immediate and long-term goals in living in Hollywood? Now I want to get on TV. I want to do... I do a lot of voice now. I want to do voiceover stuff. I want to get like on a big animation you know show. Mark, you know Mark Sussman, right? I do. I do. I haven't seen him in years either. I like Mark. Didn't he get married and have a baby? Uh, two kids, I think. Uh, every time I try to call him, um, I don't hear back from him, but... He's, he's doing really well with voice work. Yeah. And uh, Mark is, it's funny, Mark, Mark, Mark has a story about he, he, he has done something the most women wish they could have done, which is he ended up kissing Johnny Depp. And do you know that story? No. Um, Tell me that's, that's a good story. He, he played an addict in one episode of 21 Jump Street. Really? And he was drowning. And uh, Johnny Depp's character had to jump into a swimming pool and, you know, do mouth to mouth. To mouth. No and, shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's... I haven't seen Mark in probably five years. I remember he was dating the Canadian. I think they got married. Yes. 
She Beautiful did, girl. Yeah, she did like like that fake porn. What's that shit? The softcore where they wear like nylons and shit. Uh, that, I don't I don't know anything about her. About she's that. really nice. Yeah. She kept him in line. She was a really cool lady. She she was good uh, good for him because um, she kept him in line. She kept him. Some guys need a mommy. I don't need a fucking mommy. I don't think you need a mommy, but like some guys need a fucking chick that fucking keeps him in line, and, and she did that. And um, looks like it was very successful marriage. Still is and have two kids. But Mark is also famous for, uh, well, in my opinion, it was interesting. When I was doing a show one time at, uh, um, oh, what the fuck is that club in Beverly Hills? Um, they do roast there. Uh, the Friars Club. Friars Club. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it exists there anymore. I remember being a member and uh, used to have a really fun shows there. And um, one time I was doing a show where Mark Sussman brought his friend. But anyway... Mark goes, oh, you should know who this is. And uh, I, I see his friend, and I couldn't picture who it is. And his name is uh, Billy Zapka. Do you remember that name? No. Oh. He, he was, they were both laughing because I did. I did Billy a, Zane, you mean? No, Billy Zapka. He, he, he laughed because during the show, I made a Karate Kid reference. He's the blonde-haired kid from okay. Johnny Lawrence character. Yeah, because Mark's got to be, I think he's a year or two older than me. He's like 52. He's got to be in his early 50s. He's older than I am. He, um, he's been friends with Billy for a long time. But, like, you know, if you're old enough to remember, that character from mid-80s from Karate Kid is so iconic. You know, he was in summer school. That's another Yeah, guy. and he, he worked a lot. And I don't remember. I can't. I can place the face, but I can't place the name with the face. If I saw a clip of Karate Kid, I would know who it was. I never understood why he didn't have a bigger career because he, you know, he, it. Ha you know what happens? They get typecasted. They get locked into stuff. You look at Friends. Those people, they made millions. Thank God. But you look at Jennifer Aniston. She went way beyond the rest of them. She kept working, and they were all popular yeah and they weren't bad actors either i wasn't really into the show i knew marta kaufman because i did a pilot for her seven years ago so but they're you know they all made tremendous amounts of money which oh, is great sure. which they deserve because they were on the show they're, forever. they're, they're still making money from yeah. syndication but like their careers not that they ended i mean it's just like jennifer jennifer aniston's like here and the rest of them are here and it's weird how that happens. Nobody knows. It's like a mystery. I mean, I, I think they still have a lot of success. But yeah, it, they all work. But, like, you look at her career. I mean, it's much bigger. Like, you know, who knew? I think one of them is a director now. I think David Schwimmer doesn't even act anymore. I think he directs. You know, what's the other one's name? Courtney Cox. She still acts. And the other one acts. The uh, other one is... Uh, Lisa Kudrow acts. Yeah, she's She's a good actress. Yeah. yeah, the other guy, Joey, he's a, he acts still. You know, um, they're working. It just, yeah, they work. They work forever. Jen Jennifer, Jennifer is like a star, though. She's like a movie star. She get big uh, profile, you know. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess continue to do TV work. Yeah, age is actually working for me, not against me, which is a good thing. As I got older, I actually got way more work. My old acting teacher used to tell me, which I used to get pissed off. And I met Louis Black once and he told me the same thing. When you hit 50 is when you're going to start really working a lot. And I just turned 50, and I am starting to work more than I've ever worked ever. So weird. You don't look 50. Yeah, I feel 50, though. You know, like you get fuck. You don't fucking heal from shit. And you're, oh, like now I, like I never had to go to a doctor up until two years ago. I'm always in the fucking doctor now. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always, and the dentist. It's like your teeth fall out, and you get fucking old. 
you know, it's it's it, you know because I don't put pictures of a guest on the show. Like but... I have short term memory loss now because I have sleep apnea. I'm like a fucking old man. I had I had to get throat surgery on Saturday. They have to keep doing it because my soft palate, because my yeah. allergies are so bad. I could never join the military, right? People ask me why you don't do military tours. I don't do military tours because I have allergy related asthma. I'm allergic to dust, and I'm allergic to hay. And I'm allergic to what else am I allergic to? Dust and hay, and like, um, like, like Afghanistan, that kind of shit with the dust. I could never go there. I would have to have so much medication and like epi needles. It's just it, I could never join the military because I could. I they they tested me and like you have allergy related asthma. I said yeah. I said oh no, you can't get in. I've been to Afghanistan twice and. You know, people tell me there's a certain percentage of fecal matters in the, in the air. So I could only imagine. No, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I want, you know, the only, I could go to like a place like I tried to get one years ago. I wanted to go to Greenland, which is snow. I could do that because there's no. You mean like a military gig? Oh, I mean, yeah, comedy gig. Yeah, comedy yeah. gig because there's no there's no allergies. Yeah, there's no dust. There's no hay. There's no grass. I'm allergic to grass, too. That was the other thing. Uh, there's none of that. There's no pollen. You know, like I could I could do a military tour in the moon. You know, because there's, there's nothing, you know. But, um, yeah, like, I have really bad allergies. And, you know, as you get older, you get sickly. You know, my teeth are falling out. I have sleep apnea. What else? Semi-high blood pressure, you know, semi-high blood sugar. So I have to control all that shit. And what are you doing about it? Just Oh, uh, I go to the doctor now. No, but are you working out and eat? What's, what's yeah, I lost. I Like, we didn't see each other for a long time. I got fat, and then I got skinny again. But I lost like almost 60 pounds in the last two years. What? Yeah. I got fat for a little while. You look same the way I remember four uh, or five years I ago. I know. But there was a time I didn't look like this. I was getting fat. You want to talk a little bit about your special that you made? Uh, yeah, I did. I got two things coming out. I, I got a, an old special called Don't You Be Afraid coming out on Amazon pay-per-view probably in February. Because we just uploaded it like a month ago. And I got I had crowd work on pay-per-view, but I moved it to Amazon Prime. Which was which one was first? When are you there? Don't you be afraid. Okay. And the other one I did last year at the Ice House. And it's like me. I have two gay friends in the audience, and they get to scream at me. And then I have, like, uh, I interact with the crowd because it's basically what I do. So yeah. crowd work is the relatively new one. It's almost a year old now. But it's coming out probably in February. So... That's what I have coming out. Crowd work and don't you be afraid in February. They should be out and by what's, then. what's your website? Uh, MikeMiratori.com, but people aren't going to remember that. SerialKillerOfComedy.com. <laughs> don't remember that. SerialKillerOfComedy.com. And I'm actually changing the website in two weeks. I'm modifying it. Like I'm taking all the old stuff off and I'm putting more acting on it. I'm just putting the, I'm putting just the advertisements for the specials. Yeah. That's all I'm doing. I'm keeping it simple. But your first name's Mike. How do you spell your last name so they could it's, look? My last name is M-U-R-A-T-O-R-E. Okay. What is it? Is that Italian? It's Italian. It's Sicilian. It means stone. It means a builder of brick or stone. A stone builder. <laughs> like a stonemason. You, you know, like, like a stonemason. Yeah, you look like stonemason. Yeah. Oh, shit. I want to be white. I want to be like... <laughs> that's going to be my next special. It's all going to be stories. All crazy stories. I wanna, it's going to be called I Want to Be White. I want to be like completely white like that, like the refrigerator. So are you uh, any tour coming up for you? No, the only I'll tell you what I'm doing. I, I've got a show. We're actually going to have Matt and I talked about it. We're going to have you on the show this year because we only do it once a month. I am doing a show at the Ice House Stage 2 January 10th. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday. 
Stage two, 1030, January 10th at the Ice House. But we're going to put you on that show. So you're probably going to be the May show. I think I'm booked up till April. Count If you're in town, count on doing May. Oh, not next month, but in May. In May, count on it. Yeah, we only do it once a month. All right. Sometimes twice a month, you know, if I get the spots. It just depends what's out there. Um. And, and and you have an Instagram or Twitter account they could follow you? I don't have Instagram, which I should. I have Twitter, Midget Demon, and my name, Facebook, Mike Muratori. You ha- you should get Instagram because I think more young people prefer Instagram over uh, Twitter. I got to do I got to get on Instagram. I got to do yeah. that. And that's all And believe me, I, I'm not a technical. No, te- you and I, te- yeah, we're, we, were, we were just, we came in just before the technical boom. Just before the boom. Wait, so let's finish with, when, when was the last time you got in fight? Cause you, you, you'll fight. I'm, I'm old now. I usually break them up. I avoid them. I've been in a real fist fight in three years. Wait, was it? Was it? Where, where was it? Comedy club. Which one? Can't say. Oh, okay. Because I got in trouble, but I choked the guy out. I didn't hit him. I choked him. I let him hit me, and I just choked him out. Oh, and, and before we go finish, um, I forgot going back to uh, Adam Richmond and. Um, you think he's going to recover from this? The truth? I don't know. You know, because the problem is, is now he's kind of labeled as a sex offender for clubs. I, I think eventually people will forget because he, he got off. I mean, you know, he wasn't guilty, but he's got to control his shit. Com- I, I'm, I'm just, I, I know comics the, uh, out there, you know, le- learn a lesson from him before you judge. Any of you can get drunk and do some stupid shit. Because we've all been there, we've all gotten drunk and done some stupid shit. I, but I have, I have to admit, you know, um, you, that's that's one of the things that, like, you know, mo- it's really tough to get over. Like, any obviously, uh, with the worst one is like having anything to do with kids and sex. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, you're a baby toucher. Your life is over. Yeah, you know, I've only in my whole lifetime. I, I run over. I rather run over a kid with a car accidentally and get get the kid killed than being accused of. Like, oh yeah, you never live that down. You're on Amber Alert. Yeah. You're, you're up. You're up on the radar. My brother's neighbor in Florida was a baby toucher that served like crazy amount of time, like 15 years. Oh Jesus! And my brother and him got into a full on brawl because he was burning tires behind his house. It was a crazy story. My brother's a hillbilly. He's nothing like me. He's way younger than me. Mm-hmm. And the guy, him and the guy had words, and my brother started beating his ass. But what was funny is the guy's son jumps over my brother's fence. My brother has a Doberman, and the Doberman attacked him, (laughs) bit him in the head, and dragged him down, just whipped his ass. The dog just whipped this dude's ass to the point where, like, my brother had to rip him off of him. So, yeah, um, I'm not big on baby touchers, you know. I'm not real judgmental (laughs) Uh, because of the kind of the crazy act that I do. But, yeah, baby touching, you know. Yeah. You're, you could you're talk, done. You're you could done. talk about it in an act, but you do it for reals, it's over. You're over. Huh? I don't get, see, the thing is, though, a lot of white guys I know, like really young girls, though, not baby touch or young, but just above that. It, but it, it is very, um, we are willing to make exception because when a hot woman touch young boys. Yeah, it's, you know, in defense, it's it's idiotic, actually, because they're doing something fucked up. 
you know, you know. I'm, we, I'm sure psychologists would tell yeah, you. Yeah, we can joke about it because it is. Psychologists probably funny. tell you like you still damage the kid. Yeah, because I talk about it in my act. There's no such thing to rape for men. If a chick tells a guy to take his clothes off, if the chick is hot, he's going to take his clothes off. Yeah. Whether he's 15 or 55, he's yeah. going to take off his clothes. It's a guy thing, but. Like a teacher doing that to a kid, she's going to fuck the kid's head up. And that kid ain't going to be right. But I think the vast majority of guys was like, fuck, lucky kid. But whereas if you have same situation, the opposite where the teacher's Oh, that man dude and- is doing fucking jail time yeah. forever. And if he's a minority, he's getting triple the sentence. Yeah. If he's brown, he's getting double. If he's black, he's getting triple. Yeah. If he's Asian, he's probably getting one and a half. <laughs> You've been in jail, you know, you're getting one and a half. If you're white, you not get off. That, but, but if yeah. you're white, you get off light. If you're black, you're never coming back. Brown, they're not down. Asian, you wish you were Caucasian. Okay, now I know what to finish. So you're you're from Connecticut, not too far from Boston, right? Oh, I hate Bostonians. So, you know, uh, you know the story of Mark Wahlberg when he was a teenage boy. He they shouldn't, they shouldn't, they shouldn't remove that. When he was 15, he beat the shit out of these two Asian guys. And he blinded one of them, right? Yeah. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have it taken off his record. I mean, I don't he, even know why he cares so much. He's a multimillionaire. Well, what I heard was he was trying to get licensed to run a restaurant chain. But if you have a felony or something like that, you can't get the permission. So No, but he can put it in his mother's name or his brother's name. Yeah. But he try, he trying to uh, get that shit off. And, you know, you, you, you didn't grow up too far from Boston, but I... Uh, I, I, it was it was surprising to me because he never met that person that he beat up and he never apologized to that person, which is, which is kind of shocking to me. And and two, there's people who spoke on his behalf, like some Catholic priest, and basically saying he was a nice kid. But no, I don't know how you how people are raised. But if you're 15 or 16, beat somebody over the head with a stick and they're blind, that's not my definition of good kid. That's no, not, that's not no. to say that he hasn't changed. I'm sure he's a nice person now. Yeah, but. no, but and the thing is, where I grew up, if he did that, I can tell you right now, the parents probably would have killed him. Like, like the people that I know, yeah, you can act like a fake ass tough guy for a little while. Somebody's gonna show up at your doorstep with a firearm, or it's not gonna end well. So, so I, I, I thought it was surprising, and um, you know. I don't know Mark Wahlberg. I I, no, I don't know I, him. I, but I grew I, up with people like him. I was like that. I never beat up innocent people though. Yeah, he beat them over. Beat them supposedly for like a pack, a six pack of uh, beer or something. Yeah, no, that was never my trip. So like, I I just don't. I don't believe in hitting the innocent. Um, I don't think they should take it off his record. And it's nothing against him. Like, yeah. if you ever heard this, you got crazy ass money and you're like super successful. Just put it in somebody else's name or use a pseudonym name. You don't have to use your name or don't or, have a food chain or apologize to that person person. And, uh, you know, um, maybe financially compensate. Yeah, them. that's that's what I'm thinking. And, and I still don't think they take it off his record, though. You don't think so? No, because it was a felony. Yeah, he's trying to get pardoned and get get that stuff removed. But, I don't think they should pardon him. And. I, I I do think I'm a fan of his movies. I think he's a terrific. Actor. I like him in some things. Yeah, I like the stuff. My he, girlfriend's a big fan of his. Yeah, just like I had, I don't have an issue. All I will say it is, how come he get the second chance? You know what I mean? You know, recently there's been several black guys got shot and murdered for something even less. You know what I mean? Like, well, they're black. You yeah, and I both they, know they the didn't reality. Be, they didn't beat anybody over the head with a stick. And Mark Wahlberg's not a minority. Yeah, he's white. If you're not white, 
it's not right. You 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 commit a crime. You got to be three times better than everybody else. Fact. Asian, black, brown, any way you want to slice it. Yeah. You got to be three times better than everybody else. A wow. white person. I, I, I think I think we don't have it as bad as let's darker the skin. You're gonna have absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I'll defend black people to the end. Absolutely. So no, I don't think he should be pardoned. In defense of him, he's wealthy. I, I wouldn't even worry about it. It's like the kind of thing where if they don't pardon you, just move on. Go around it. I, I don't have a problem if, if the victims are okay with it. Sincere apology and, and compensate them. Because it's just a legal issue. I don't believe they're going to pardon him. It you don't think a, so? It was a felony charge. Man, but taking that somewhere's eye. Ooh. Blinding them is awful. I mean, it's Asian eye, so it's, it's not worth as wiper's eye. It's not as much vision. Yeah, <laughs> they're visionally challenged. It's so not as I guess much. I, I guess maybe uh, because of that, <laughs> I don't know. All right, well, uh, Mike, thanks. Uh, ho uh, hopefully, we could get you back and maybe you know later on again. But um, yeah, yeah, it was a pleasure. Um, sorry, it took so long to get you on the show, but um, <laughs> if believe me, when you see Mike, it's it's like it's like when you see a thunderstorm. You know, it's just a it's a force of nature. You and either love it or hate it, you know? You either love it. I know people that hate it. I've been rushed on at stage and like, you know, I've you know, we've done the same gigs, man. We're like the king of the shitholes. <laughs> you and I are the king of the F room, man. We're yeah. like the fucking Earl Skako, like, we should put him in the Yeah, cuz when people bitch about their gigs, man, I did a spot at the improv. I don't want to say who I worked for, but she's famous. And I'm like, this is like heaven on earth. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, they're not, they're quiet. They're not screaming at you. You know, I've had hecklers that were, I had a heckler up at, uh, what's that place? Sagebrush, not Sagebrush. What's the place up in Universal? Cantina? You know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. That, you know which one, I can't think of the name of it. Say it's not Sagebrush. What is it? What is it? Saddle Ranch. I do a gig up there, right? This is like three years ago. I had two teeth pulled out. Whose fucking room was that? It was my, It was Big Mike's. My car gets hit, totaled. I had two teeth. I had two root canals. It was a bad day. My friend John Mater, who's a TV producer now for CBS, calls me up. He goes, let's go do some comedy. So he picks me up. We drive to Saddle Ranch, right? I have this black heckler in the front. Black gay dude, fat. You ain't funny, and I don't like watermelons. I was like, you know what? Let me tell you something. You're black, you're fat, and you're gay. Those are three double negatives. I said, what are your T-cells too lazy to work? They're too lazy to wash dishes? And you're fat, so you're too lazy to get out of the seat and kick my ass. This went on for 20 minutes, me screaming at him continuously. He got so crazy that he tried to rush the stage. I was going to jump off the stage and beat him down. And they, That's they right, because him. it's, it's upstairs. It's a giant stage. I was going to leap off and kick him in the face. And it, people are like, well, it's a black thing. No, he's just a fucking asshole that happened to be black and gay. So, of course, I'm going to talk about it because it's in front of me. He's going to talk. He was talking shit to me. You're short. You're this. You're that. It's like, you know what? All I hear is monkey noises and fucking the, this, this sound. You sucking dick. And my final, my final line, which fucking set him off, was don't be the stereotype. I'm almost half black. Pay your fucking wage staff. That's when he snapped. <laughs> <laughs> and I come to find out afterward, he didn't pay the wait staff. He didn't tip them. And he worked in Universal. He wrote a hate letter that was like three pages long. I tried to get it. I had a friend that had it. I couldn't get it from him. I was going to put it on my website because it was beautiful. Like just this crazy shit. But yeah, he was an asshole. And you know that shit. People like to talk out. They watch YouTube. They think they have an opinion. 
They want to get reaction. They want to be seen. But what's funny for me is I almost never, ever, ever have problems with minorities. I can honestly tell you, maybe twice in all the times I did stand up, I always had brawls in white beach communities is where I'd get in fist fights. And I don't know why. Is it Hermosa Beach? You, do you go there a lot? I, 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 Hermosa. I got into a brawl in Santa Monica, Venice. But it was always like some crazy white motherfucker. And one was a woman. One woman threw a drink in my face. I went ballistic. Oh, I've had that. I leaped off of the fucking stage and grabbed her by the head. And I was going to bang her head with, the, with her husband. I went ballistic. Yeah, I'm cool. I don't care what you say to me. You're pretty much the same way. You can say anything to me. It fucking bounces off. The minute you reach out to hit me, that's ass whooping time. It's, um... You know what's funny? I never had any problems in, in Liam's. Liam's was infamous for fights. I used to hear about all these fights. I never had an issue at Liam's in all the times I went there. That's the room in Inland Empire, and sadly, it's ending tonight. It's ending. Yeah. You remember Wild Coyote? You did Wild Coyote. Oh, yeah, Montebello. Yeah, my, that was one of the worst places of all time. I think I had one brawl there. I had a chick rush the stage. I, because we, you know, uh, probably you have the same problem. But when you're filthy like that, you can't do really nice rooms. So you have to go into those ghetto rooms mm -hmm. in Southern California, and that was the the worst wild room. I mean, it really was wild coyote. It was it was insane. Cholas throwing shit at you. Ninety five percent Latinos and uh, with guns freaking out. The mongrels, and people would fight amongst each other. Not even so much with the comics. They'd get drunk and actually fight each other in the crowd, which was a whole nother problem. And I remember um, if you do pedophile jokes, man, Latino people don't fuck around. They Latino don't, they people don't, do they don't like not that shit. like pedophile jokes. They don't like you talking about their mother. You know, they, anything with baby touching or against religion, they have meltdowns. They're not having that shit. I mean, I don't think black people like to, but they're not going to resort to violence. Well, it's funny, too, because a lot of Latin clubs, a, a lot of Latin people don't like gay comics. Yeah. Like, I don't know his name. He worked at the Ice House. I think he's dead now. He was like a really famous gay comic, and he was funny. And he did some joke about picking up one of the kids in Little League, and it was actually a funny joke, but the audience completely flipped out on him. <laughs> they just shut, and they were all Latin. They just shut down on him. They were done. They were yeah. not hearing him ever Just don't again. do gay, baby touching. Don't do baby touching. I can tell you right now, do not do baby touching jokes with Latin people. You might be doing with black folk. Black folk will laugh. You know, because they got a different kind of sense of humor. They might shake their head, but they're not going to get violently angry. But anyway, um, Mike, um, thanks for doing the show. Um, I will check it out. Tell, tell one more time where they could find your comedy special, uh, Amazon. It's going to be on uh, Crowdwork is going to be on Amazon Prime. And Don't You Be Afraid is going to be on uh, pay-per-view. Both of them should be on there in February. Okay. So that's that. And then if you want to come... January 10th, Ice House Stage 2, 10.30. Okay. All right, Mike. Thanks for doing this. Good seeing you. And, um, yeah, sorry, sorry. It took fucking two months to get you. It took two months, but it was worth it. It's fun. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And please support Mike Muratori. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Later.